You're listening to Sports Radio Detroit. Sports Radio Detroit is proud to present the Whip and Nene podcast here on SportsRadioDetroit.com SRD with your show hosts Pete Spivak, Ryan Dickey, and Dana Garuder as the boys break down the road to the Kentucky Derby. And here it is! The 37-year wait is over! American Pharoah is finally the one! American Pharoah has won the Triple Crown! And here are your show hosts Pete Spivak, Ryan Dickey, and Dana Garuder. Oh yes, welcome in to our listeners and welcome in to Dana and Ryan as we are back to break down the road to the Kentucky Derby here on SportsRadioDetroit.com SRD. This is indeed the Whip and Nay Nay podcast. I am one of the show hosts. I am Pete Spivak. And you can hear me doing sports and traffic updates in the metro Detroit area for the iHeart Media stations. And with me are my two usual co-hosts, and that would be Dana Garuda and Ryan Dana Garuda and Ryan Dickey. Gentlemen, welcome in. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Hello to both of you, and hello to all of our listeners. And what the three of us do here on the Whip and Nene podcast is we break down the American prep race schedule, which leads to the Kentucky Derby on the first Saturday of May. The American, European, and Japanese horses all compete for 20 gates at the Kentucky Derby by racing a 35-race prep schedule, which runs between September and April. All, ra- all races award points on the road to the Kentucky Derby to the top four finishers in those prep races, and the top 20 horses with the most points will earn a gate at the Kentucky Derby. And that's what we do here is try to figure out which horses those 20 will be. But sadly, for this show that you are listening to, this will be the final regular show for our good friend, Ryan Dickey. Ryan is moving on into the horse racing industry full time, and he'll definitely let you know more about that later on. But Ryan, man, it's been a long ride. You and I, uh, before Dana came into the picture, you and I were doing the show for about close to two years, man. Yeah, it's uh, I, it's hard to, to realize that it has been that long, but, uh, you know, it's been a, it's been a good ride. And, uh, I'm I'm sad that it's ending, but I'm 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 glad for the reason that it is. So uh, I want to thank you very much for having me uh, do this with you for the last almost two years. And uh, I think today's a great day to 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 call it quits. And we got three races today, and hopefully uh, we can we can come up with uh, three winners. Yeah, I love how the uh, how the heat hits. The kitchen is heated up, and now you're leaving the kitchen, man. I I don't know how to what to think about that. Are you you kind of nervous about what's going on here between February and April? And uh, they 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 tell you that the best time to jump ships for goes underwater. So since we're uh, we're doing real well right now, I think now now's the time to pull the trigger. Oh man, very good. Well, I tell you what, man. Like you said, you know, like I said, we'll we'll definitely talk more about that uh, later on in the show. But yeah, the great Ryan Dickey, my friend, is moving on. He'll be with us. You you'll be with us every so often. Uh, we definitely want to have you back for the uh, you know the Kentucky Derby show and all that fun sure. stuff. But we'll definitely you know call you every once in a while to. See if we can fit into your new busy schedule. So Ryan Dickey is entering the horse business. He'll let you know more about that later. That is so awesome, dude. Seriously cool. Well, since we're going to get our show going, and it's a long show today, folks. Again, three prep races, as Ryan just mentioned. Let's head over to our good friend, Dana Garuder. He's going to let you know what happened last week with the Smarty Jones Stakes. Dana. Well, if you were listening to our podcast last week, we gave you the winner. Both me and Pete gave you the winner. It was Gray Attempt, 
who uh, went wire to wire in this field. There was a key scratch in the race of a horse called Jack Van Berg, who was the other speed horse in the race. And we both said that if that horse scratched out, Gray Attempt was going to control the pace and go uh, the full mile in front. And he did just that. Uh, earned a buyer speed figure of 84, which is kind of average for uh, a three-year-old stakes race. Nothing special, but he managed to hold off long-range toddy uh, in the stretch. Long-range toddy ran a very solid race to finish second. The horse trained by Steve Asmussen, who had several horses in that particular race. And then uh, a, 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 a horse called uh, uh, Boulder finished third, was also trained by Steve Asmussen. So uh the the winner there a great attempt will now move on to some other stakes races at oakland park but he'll have to improve off of that effort to uh win those races because he had a nice easy lead in this one so with that i'll throw it back to pete appreciate that breakdown there dana uh ryan did you have anything you wanted to add about the smarty jones did you happen to see it yeah i did not have the winner oh i'm sorry brother (laughs) (laughs) yeah that happens to most of us obviously yeah, that's what happens. But, yeah, we uh, definitely appreciate you mentioning that, Dana, that you and I both gave the winner a great attempt. And, again, that 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 scratch of Jack Van, Jack Van Berg was definitely key and allowed Gray, Gray attempt to uh, run his own race at his own pace. So I guess with that, since there's only a couple horses really in the top 20, we really don't need to break into that. There's really, you know, the top 20 will start taking effect here coming up in the next month. So with that, we might as well just head into, we have three races we are going to break down. And just for our listeners' information, in case they want to skip around on the podcast, we're going to go in, these, in the following order. We're going to start with the Withers, and then we're, we're going to go to the Holy Bull, and then we're going to go to the Robert B. Lewis. So if you're listening right now and want to skip around on the podcast, that's the order. Withers, Holy Bull, and Robert B. Lewis. So before we break down the races coming up on Saturday, I would like to remind everybody to log on to sportsradiodetroit.com SRD and check out the latest episodes of Fragging Out as Steve and Josh talk all the latest news in the video game world. Very cool podcast. Again, it's called Fragging Out. I love the video game world. I'm an Atari guy from way back. Again, that's Fragging Out with Steve and Josh on sportsradiodetroit.com SRD. So we're going to frag out on three prep races coming up on Saturday. All three of them are on Saturday. We're going to go in order of post time. So we'll start with Saturday's grade three, one mile and an eighth, $250,000. Withers Stakes from the Big A Aqueduct in South Ozone Park, Queens, New York on Long Island, right there next to JFK Airport. Race number nine on your card. Points awarded on the road to the Derby, 10 for the win, 4 for second, 2 for third, and 1 for fourth. A field of seven horses. Post time scheduled for around 4.30 Eastern time. Weather will be partly cloudy, cold, a high near 38. And with that and a seven-horse field, let's head over to the great Ryan Dickey. Well, let's just say barely barely better than average. How about that? All right, brother. <laughs> uh, well, this, this race, like you said, there's seven horses in the race. Uh, the two horses that should get out to the lead uh, and, and create a, a quick early pace are the number seven, not that Brady, a number five, Lucky Lee. Um, of those two, I think Lucky Lee has a better chance of hitting the board from the front. However, I think it's, they're going to they're going to cook so so fast here in this uh, seven field or seven horse field uh, that someone's going to come from the second tier. And for me. For the three races that we're going to look at today, I know that there's one big favorite in 
at Gulfstream that we'll talk about later. But I think that the most impressive winner of the three prep races on Saturday is going to be in this race, and that's the number three, Moretti. I think Moretti is going to be one of those horses that people are going to, you know, when he, he wins this race and then he goes to the Wood Memorial and he wins the Wood Memorial, people are really, really going to be high on him and say, oh, my God, can a horse from New York win the Kentucky Derby? I'll just say it right now since I'm not going to be around for all of the preparations between now and the Kentucky Derby. I'm not saying that Moretti is the uh, favorite to win the Kentucky Derby by any stretch of the imagination. What I'm saying is of all of the races that are going on Saturday that are derby preps, I think Moretti is going to have the most solid victory. I think he's going to have the most visual, visually pleasing uh, win. So for me, it's Moretti. He's 3-1 to one in the morning line. I think he'll be the, uh, the favorite come, time, uh, come post time. And like I said, of the two, it'll be on the front. Lucky Lee and not that, not that Brady, the number seven. I think not that Brady, who's you know, going to run the day before the Super Bowl. I think he hits the board, comes in second. And then I like Pax, which we talked about Pax in one of the earlier races, um, coming in third. I don't think he came in third, fourth then, but I think he will this time. So for me, it's going to be three, Moretti, seven, not that Brady, and number one, Pax, the Withers Stakes at Aqueduct on Saturday. And then we'll send it right over to Dana. All righty. Well, I'm going to pick a horse that you didn't even mention. Oh, great. <laughs> Uh, the, the six horse, our brain trust, uh, first time for Mark Cassie. And when, when he's picked up some new stock there, he's 35% uh, out of 20 horses that he's picked up first time. Uh, so uh, for, for whatever reason, the horses seem to improve when he go to his barn, at least the first time out. Uh, this horse ran a very solid second in the Jerome Stakes at Aqueduct, which is kind of, was kind of like the prep for this race. Uh, he finished second to Mind Controls, a very solid horse, and he didn't really get a great pace set up there. Uh, it looked like there was a lot of speed in the race, but the uh, tractions were kind of slow. I think our brain trust will get a nice, better pace to run at in this race, and I think he wants to go two turns. So I think our brain trust is going to win this at, at, I think he's six to one in the morning line. I think he's going to pull off an upset here. I like not that Brady for second. I like the outside speed here. I think he's going to uh, run uh, Lucky Lee into submission and take the lead. And I think uh, our brain trust is going to run him down. And then my third choice is Tex, who actually had a big speed figure last time out in Rems and Stakes. I'm a little bit skeptical of the figure, but his trainer, Danny Gargan, is 38% at Aqueduct right now. He's, he's, he's off to a really hot start this uh, winter uh, out, out in New York. But I'm going to leave him in for the third spot. I'm going to go with our brain trust on top. And with that, I'm sending it over to Pete. I think that, uh, Dana, you and I, uh, you know, hanging out as much as we do lately, we're starting to think alike because I thought I was going to come in here with a, with a big-time horse and sort of, you know, sneak around the corner and surprise you guys with picking six our brain trust, <laughs> but you beat me to it. Uh, definitely, I think that uh, our brain trust, who, fi who finished uh, second in the Jerome from Aqueduct last time out back on New Year's Day, uh, I definitely, he definitely has a good chance to uh, come home in the Withers as the winner. Uh, I see the race starting out like this. I see the five, Lucky Lee, and the seven, Not That Brady, going out for the lead. I see the one, Tax, the four, Admire, and the six, Our Brain Trust, in the stalking position. And then I see the two, Sir Winston, and I see the three, Moretti, at the uh, back of the pack, uh, bringing it on. One thing that uh, I want to mention about Ryan mentioning Moretti, 
uh, Moretti is uh, putting the blinkers on, and not just to add more speed, but if you read Moretti's line when he won last time out, he drifted, and he drifted pretty bad if you watch the uh, uh, replay down the stretch. Uh, so I think that Moretti is adding the blinkers to not be distracted as well as to provide more speed. I think that uh, Moretti is definitely ready, uh, with especially with uh, Manny Franco now jumping on the back, replacing John Velasquez. I think that having the mile and an eighth distance coming off the maiden win at that distance, I think that that's key coming into a race with this type of class. But I really do think that it's going to be our brain trust to eat up the early leaders and come home late uh, to win the Withers, I, I definitely agree, and I like the uh, morning line at six to one on our brain trust. He should go off at probably four to one or seven to two. I really think that Tax is not, even though Tax is the morning line favorite at two to one. I think he'll hit the board, but I just don't think he'll be the winner. So I like to put the six our brain trust on top, and I would like to put the uh, one, two, three, five, seven behind him in a super effective bet. Actually, I don't, I, uh, I didn't read the. Uh, I didn't read the uh, specifics if you can do a superfecta, but let's do a trifecta instead. I'd rather put the six on top with the one and three, and I'll throw the two, Sir Winston, in there. I think of any of the underdogs, I think it's Sir Winston who's coming off the turf to dirt. Uh, I think that his speed could improve coming home. So I'll take the uh, six, our brain trust as well, with the one, two, and three basically behind them. Gentlemen, do you have anything else to add? No, I, I'm ready to move on to the next one. All right. Ryan, does that include you? Sounds good. All right. Well, very good then there, gentlemen. So let us indeed move on to our next race. And before we do that, I would like to remind our listeners to log on to sportsradiodetroit.com and check out the latest episode of Armchair Sports Talk with Eric Russ and Justin. The boys break down the upcoming Super Bowl, including some prep prop bets uh, for the game, which obviously you want to get involved in. And they give out the plays of the week and also break down the latest news and entertainment from the sports world all over the world. That's Armchair Sports Talk on SportsRadioDetroit.com, SRD. So with that, gentlemen, let's get into our armchair talk about horse racing. We'll go down to Saturday's grade two, one mile and a 16th, $350,000. I said $350 million, $350,000 million in my notes. Oops. <laughs> this would be the uh, Fisig Tipton Holy Bull Stakes from Gulfstream Park in Hollandale Beach, Florida. Race 11 on your card. Points awarded on the road to the Derby, 10 for the win, 4 for second, 2 for third, and 1 for fourth. A field of 10 horses, post time scheduled for around 5.13 Eastern time. And weather predicted to be partly cloudy, a high near 78, a perfect Florida day for horse racing, 10-horse field. Ryan Dickey, take it away. Um, everybody and their mother and their brother and their sister's uh, boyfriend are going to be betting maxima, Maximus Mischief in this race. Um, he's won every race he's he's run in. He won by eight and three quarters lengths the first time. He won by six lengths the second time. He won by one or he won by two and a quarter lengths last time. Every single time Pennington was his jockey. This time they're going to Jose Ortiz uh, for trainer Robert Reed. Now trainer Robert Reed, I don't know how many big name horses he's had in his life, so I'm assuming that this is the biggest the biggest name uh, horse that he's had in a while. Uh, my apologies if I'm completely off base. It's just not a name that I am totally familiar with uh, as far as big name horses. So, uh, do I think that this horse is going to win? Yeah, I think if this race were run 100 times, I think this horse would probably win 65, 70%, maybe 75% of the time. 
However, he's going to be such low odds that I'm not going to bet him. Where I'm going to go is I'm going to go with the number six, Mijos. Now, Mijos is 5-2 to two on the morning line. Um, he's going to be right around that. He's not going to offer tons and tons of value. But uh, James Jerkins, Jimmy knows what he's doing. And he's got Johnny V on the back. Now, Johnny V leaves um, the horse that, that you guys liked in the Withers. Is that correct? That would be correct. Yeah. Okay. So he's he he's going down. He's in Gulfstream because there's a lot of really big races in Gulfstream. He's he's riding this one. I think that he he and Mijos get the job done. Um, over maximum mischief. I'm kind of talking myself into it. If you've noticed, he had a little um, progression after his first race. He finished third, and then the second race he he improved with only two points on the uh, buyer scale, and then he jumped up ten. Um, he should be going a little bit more forward this time. So for me, I'm going to go with Mihos. Obviously, I think Maximus Mischief or Maximus Maximus Mischief uh, will do well. He'll probably hit the board. But I have a long shot on here, and if you just look at him on paper, you're probably going to say, "What are you talking about?" Um, but I think that a horse that's going to be sneaky here is going to be the number five, Harvey Wallbanger. He's 15 to one in the morning line. The trainer Kenny McPeak. And McPeak has his number one jockey, Brian Hernandez Jr., on him. I think this is the horse that's going to really help exotic betters, people who are going to bet trifectas and superfectas in this race. I don't want to leave the number five off my ticket. So for me, it's going to go six, eight, five. And let's hear who Dana likes. All righty. Well, um, the, the interesting thing about this race is, is the pace of the race should be very, very fast. I mean, the two horses on the outside look overmatched, but they're – Gladiator King and going for gold, but they're both horses who like to go to the front and they've been running in sprint races. So I'm imagining that they're going to set a very quick pace. And I'm wondering if Maximus Mischief is going to be able to raid off that pace or if he's not going to like raiding tactics. I mean, he sort of rate, uh, rated a little bit in the Ramson Stakes, but uh, I, you know, he'll have to show another dimension in this race. Plus, Again, I don't know how, how good Robert Reed does off these kind of like two-month layoffs with a, with a top-notch horse. So I'm going to not necessarily throw out Maximus Mischief, but I'm not going to pick him on top. I'm going to go with a, a horse from a very familiar barn, and that would be Todd Pletcher's barn. Uh, he's the two-horse federal case. He's 6-1 to one on the morning line. This horse, uh, before he ever got to the races was uh, uh, purchased for $650,000, even though his stud, uh, the sire of the race, uh, gemologist, only has a $4,500 stud fee. So he spent $650,000 from a sire who usually uh, just brings $4,500 for the stud fee. It's pretty amazing. Pletcher did not have the horse uh, originally. He, uh, a, a trainer called Rudolph Brissett had him, and he ran a Keeneland in October and broke his maiden in his first start. Then he went, he was transferred to Todd Pletcher Barn, and he won an optional claimer at Gulfstream by a neck, but he earned a pretty good speed figure. And now uh, Castellano, who's probably the top jockey in the world right now, uh, jumps aboard for this horse. So I really like Federal Case to improve and, uh, and uh, pull off a, a mild upset in this race. You can't get better connections than uh, Todd Pletcher and J.J. Castellano in a three-year-old race. 
Um, second would be uh, Ryan's top pick, which would be Mijos. I think Mijos uh, ran a very solid race in the Mucho Macho Man Stakes down at Gulfstream Park and won that by a neck. Earned a pretty solid speed figure. So I'm going to go with the uh, federal case and Mijos, and I'm going to leave um, Maximus Mischief in for third place. And with that, I'm going to send it to Pete. Well, guys, I hate to burst everybody's bubble because I know we always try to, like to find, uh, you know, money in the field, especially a big field. You want to get a good horse to come in at nice odds to pay you well, but it ain't going to happen. Maximus Mischief, the eight horse, is your winner. Uh, new jockey with Jose Ortiz after three mounts with Mr. Pennington on his back. Uh, Maximus Mischief has been working out absolutely solidly, ready for Saturday's race. And I think this is, I just hear me out on this, listeners, and you two gentlemen as well. I think Maximus Mischief, considering that he's surrounded by three heavy hundred dogs, the seven come on Jerry, the nine Gladiator King, and the ten going for gold, all three of those horses are going to gun for the lead. Why should Maximus Mischief go out and burn himself off chasing after garbage? He's not going to do it. Maximus Mischief is going to run from either the third or the fourth spot. Watch it happen. And he is going to win this race no problem. He's going to let that speed at the beginning burn off, and he is just going to be there stalking the whole way, ready to go. There's no way that Mijos or Federal Case will be able to catch him. But I do think that Mijos and Federal Case will definitely hit the board. Uh, I I really just think it's a, a closed case here. I think this is all Maximus Mischief 150%. I like the eight on top. I like to throw underneath the eight for a super effective bet. I would like to throw the one garter and tie with Tyler Gaffleone on this uh, on his back as a possible underdog to come in there late. I definitely like the two federal case. Again, uh, Dana mentioned he recently sold at the November Keeneland auctions for six hundred and fifty thousand. It's his first time going two turns, so he could save ground and show up late on the board. So I definitely like federal case to be there on the board. I also like Epic Dreamer throw out his last race because he had big-time traffic problems. I think that Epic Dreamer has the speed to hit the board solidly on the board uh, when it comes to closing out this race. Basically, I want to let our fans know, forget the 4, 5, 7, 9, and 10. Forget them. It's a five-horse race. Do the math. It is 8 with a 1, 2, 3, 6 solidly. I think that there's nothing else that's going to happen. I think it's Maximus Mischief's race to lose. There's nothing else to say about it, at least in my book. Gentlemen, anything more to add before we move on? Nope, we're we're looking forward to the next race. Dana, anything? Let's let's move on to Santa Anita. All right, then, gentlemen, hang on real quick. All right, since there's nothing left to say about the Holy Bull, let's move on to our next race. But before we do that, I would like to remind folks to log on to SportsRadioDetroit.com SRD and check out the new look of the website. SRD has changed things around in 2019 with a fresh new look. Some new podcasters as well have joined our team, and more fun is coming as we get ready for the Detroit Favorite Female Personality Contest starting up in March. So log on to sportsradiodetroit.com, SRD, and check out our new look and all of our great content. Again, that's sportsradiodetroit.com, SRD. So with that... Uh, the three of us will now get into Saturday's grade three, one mile and 16th, $150,000 Robert B. Lewis stakes from the beautiful Santa Anita Park in Arcadia, California. Race six on your card. Points awarded on the road to the Kentucky Derby, 10 for the win, four for second, two for third, and one for fourth. A field of six horses set for post time around 5.53 Eastern Standard Time, and the weather is expected to be un-California-like big time. 
cloudy with heavy rain expected to high near 58. That may change the race altogether. All six horses are now yours, Ryan, to break down. Okay. Well, it has been raining at uh, Santa Anita for a couple days now. It They took all the turf court, turf races off the card today. They put them all on dirt, um, and they had a sloppy main track. So we're, we taped this on Thursday, so we'll see what happens tomorrow. But then on Saturday, if it rains continuously from today until Saturday, uh, there's going to be some big problems. So that being said, there's six horses in this race. Four, uh, three of the six horses in this race, I think, will run in the Santa Anita Derby two months from now. Um, and those are the, the final three. Gunmetal Gray, the four. Mucho Gusto, the five. And Nolo Contesto, the six. I don't think... I don't think numbers one, two, or three, I don't think they're going to be around come Santa Anita Derby. So um, your, your three main contenders are the three outside horses in the six-horse field. The big favorite is, well, I, there's no real big favorite in this race. The number four gunmetal gray is nine to five in the morning line. The number five, Mucho Gusto, is eight to five. Between those two, one of these two horses is going to win the race, and I'm going to go with number five, Mucho Gusto. Um, if Dana really liked the fact that the horse that he liked in the other race uh, had a small stud fee and it was bought for a lot of money. He's going to really love number five, Mucho Gusto, because Mucho Gusto's sire is Mucho Macho Man, and he commands a $10,000 stud fee. This horse here was bought for $625,000, so that's well, well, well past the sire uh, stud, stud fee. So... Mucho Gusto is with Bob Baffert, and I don't know if you guys know this or not, but Bob Baffert does a pretty good job getting three-year-olds ready. Who? Um, for the, Bob, yeah, Bob, his name is Bob Baffert. Bob Baffert. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that that guy is. Yeah, he does a pretty good job, and uh, I think that this this horse is going to have um, – th- this will be the, the prep before the Santa Anita Derby for him, and uh, I think that he is the winner of this race. And I think he's going to also be the horse that wins the Santa Anita Derby, whatever day that is. So that's that's the big California uh, prep race. So not only do I think number five, Mucho Gusto, is going to win uh, the the Bob Lewis stakes, I think he's also going to win the Santa Anita Derby. So I'm going to call my shot there. Obviously, the number four, uh, Gunmetal Gray, with Mike Smith on board for Jerry Hollendorfer, the trainer, has a lot of talent. He won the Sham last time out. Uh, he came in fifth in the BC Juvenile. I think we talked about him. Um, before the sham uh, a little bit. I think we I think we picked him as the winner, so, so that was good. But we like Mike Smith, obviously. He does a very good job. He usually rides for Baffert, but in this case, he's riding for Hollendorfer. I think that horse will probably come in second. And then Nolo Contesto, I think he is going to be around come Santa Anita Derby time as well. I don't think he's going to fare as well in this race, but I do think that, uh, you know, come right before the, the Kentucky Derby, I think this might this horse might be peaking, so... Um, we'll, we'll, we'll put him third here, but, uh, for me, it's mucho gusto all the way. He wins this race. He wins the Santa Anita Derby two months from now and we'll go to Dana. All righty. Well, good point about that stud fee there, but I'll tell you what, he's, he's, uh, so far he's earning his keep because he's won all three of uh, well, he's won two out of three and the other one was a, a second place to improbable. Obviously one of the Derby favorites right now. I, I don't see anybody uh, beating Mucho Gusto in this race for the simple fact I think he's the controlling speed. And usually controlling speed is, is tough enough, but especially on a wet track, 
it's hard to uh, catch up to anybody. So I think Mutual Ghosts is just going to go straight to the front and play catch me if you can, and nobody will. Uh, my second choice is going to be Nolo Contesto. I think I like uh, where he's going to be. He's going to be just outside of Mucho Gusto. I think he'll kind of have a kind of a stalking trip, running second or third. And uh, he looked uh, good in his maiden race last time out. He did a whole course called Omaha Beach, and the rest of the field was eight lengths behind him. Trainer John Sadler, of course, also trains Accelerate. So uh, he knows what to do with graded stakes horses. Um, so I, I like Nolo Contesto to improve and finish second in this race. And uh, Gunmetal Gray, you know, coming off that win in the sham, he got a really nice pace set up, and he's not going to get that here. Uh, he's not going to get the pace he needs to to win this race. So I think I'll, at best he's going to finish third in this race. So I'm going to go with Mucho Gusto and Nolo Contesto in a cold exacta. And with that, I'm going to send it right over to Pete. All right. Well, I appreciate that there, gentlemen. I definitely agree with you guys that it's pretty much, you know, you look at the morning line odds. You got Mucho Gusto as your favorite at 8-5 to five and Gunmetal Gray, the second favorite at 9-5. to five. It definitely seems to be a two-horse race, but definitely you cannot forget about that six-horse, the Nolo Contesto, at 5-2 to two on the morning line uh, with definitely some good uh, stamina behind him. Uh, one thing I do want to mention uh, that Mucho Gusto's daddy, uh, mucho Macho Man, not much of a mutter. So I wonder if uh, his bloodline might affect him as he has his first real test on a very sloppy, possibly a very sloppy track coming up on Saturday with the heavy rain at Santa Anita. I'm not saying that Mucho Gusto is uh, not going to win. I really do think he's going to win, slop or not. But I think to uh, Dana's point, I think that uh, Mucho Gusto uh, does not want mud in his face. He's going to go out for the lead and not look back, play the catch-me-if-you-can. So I see the race uh, uh, kind of going like this, five on the lead with the two and the three in stock position, and the one, four, and six will be at the back of the six-horse field. But I definitely like the five, Mucho Gusto on top. Uh, I like the four, Gunmetal Gray, and the six, Nolo Contesto as well. But I would like to add in a horse you guys did not add in, and that's Magnificent McCool. Uh, it's a good horse, still figuring things out. Uh, does have the speed to hit the board to be either third or fourth. And here's a po- he could possibly finish second if Gunmetal Gray and Nolo Contesto uh, kind of get tired there. I think that Magnificent McCool could definitely be a good uh, way to make some sort of money on your exotics. So I like the five on top, Mucho Gusto, followed by the two, four, and six as my combination for Saturday's Robert B. Lewis Stakes from Santa Anita. Gentlemen, anything more to add? Yeah. No, I think uh, I, I think of the th- of the three races. I, I said that I, I like uh, Moretti the best. I think the second best, uh, most impressive win will be Mucho Gusto. Very good, Dana. Anything else to add? Well, I would just like I, I think the Gulfstream race is going to be the most intriguing race out of the three, and I think that you know, just to see what Maximus Mischief can do and if he can rate off the uh, speed there. Uh, but I think that's 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 going to be the most interesting race to me. Gotcha. Very good. Well, I tell you what, boys, that was definitely a lot of work breaking down our first three-race schedule coming up uh, as the road to the Kentucky Derby continues. What will be coming up next week, uh, we will break down the Sam F. Davis Stakes from Tampa Bay Downs. That's the only race scheduled for next week. That's what we will have coming up in our next show. But unfortunately, 
as we approach the end of this show. It is the, as I mentioned at the beginning, the final show for our good friend, well, on a regular basis, the final show for our good friend Ryan Dickey. He is definitely welcome back any time that he wants. Uh, we definitely, Ryan, Ryan, we definitely appreciate every. I especially appreciate uh, uh, everything you have done to help the growth of the show with your connections in the horse racing industry uh, through Twitter. I think that we've been able to grow the show through your name, uh, and I'm very, very much appreciative of that. Um, as you guys out there probably uh, would guess, uh, the three of us don't make money. We don't. We do this voluntarily. We do this for fun because we enjoy it, and we do it to try to help everybody else out. So I, I, without Ryan's help, I don't think this show would be, not that the show is groundbreaking or anything, but I just don't think that we would have a platform that we do now without Ryan's help. So I, I just want to say to Ryan that I really do, without being you know too dramatic, I'm not going to start crying or anything like that, but I just want to say Aww. that your help and your presence for the show has been a major help to us and I'm very, very appreciative. Well, thank you very much, Pete. I do appreciate it. And, and like I said before, I'm glad that, uh, that we've been doing this for a long time. But I do want to say that I think the best thing uh, that happened to the Whip and Nene show is when we added Dana Garuder. And I think the reason for that is Dana is a much more analytical handicapper than I am. Um, I, I don't know if you've recognized this over the last two years, but I do a lot of thing on feel. I, I have a feel for it. I've been doing this a long time, as he has. But I think that the uh, analytical mind of, of Dana and uh, my, my feel and everything like that for, for the races, along with your um, passion for it and your, excited, your excitement for it, I think it's made for a great uh, trio. And uh, I, I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm sad that it, that it has to end, but uh, you know, I am on to some bigger and, and better things. And if you'd like, I, I can talk about that now. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's your floor, my friend. Okay. Uh, well, first of all, I have left the Metro Detroit area. Um, I did early, uh, take an early retirement from the, from the fire department. Um, I left in December to move to Kentucky. So I've, I've had it in my mind that I was going to um, retire to Kentucky. Um, I thought it was going to be 10 years from now, but I decided to do it now. Uh, you never know in, in this life. You, you, you know, your tomorrows are never guaranteed. So instead of waiting and waiting and waiting, I decided to take the leap and move. Now I have a three pronged plan and I've already, um, established one of those three prongs right now. I'm currently the part-time night watchman and folding help, uh, person for trackside farm in Versailles, Kentucky. And what that entails is basically I show up at the farm at night. Um, I, I go from barn to barn to barn. There's seven barns in the, in the, um, it's a 640 acre farm. And I go to the, all the seven barns and I check up on the horses and I feed them their night feeding. And then uh, I go to the foaling barn and I look at all the mares that are pregnant, that are ready to burst anytime and, and try to see if any of them are about ready to, to have a baby. So um, as a paramedic for 17 years, I learned how to deliver human babies. And right now I'm scared to death about having to help deliver a horse baby. So that's that's plan number one. What do you think about that? Well, as long as one of those horses are named Ryan or Dickie or Firehouse Ryan, that'd be better. Yeah. That, that's fine by yeah. me. You'll be a good godfather. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think I don't think that's gonna that's gonna happen. I'm glad that you did mention uh, Firehouse Racing. Uh, Firehouse Racing. The whole idea was I was trying to get some um, like-minded firemen, uh, firefighters who liked horse racing, to get together and and do partnerships uh, with horses. Um, 
although I did make money with my last venture uh, with Resonate, um, Firehouse Racing has folded as well because um, my my business model is no longer the same. So since I'm no longer a fireman and I'm no longer trying to get partners with other firefighters, Firehouse Racing has gone the way of the dodo. So it is also retired. I had three racehorses. I, I lost a lot of money with the first one. I lost a little bit of money with the second one. And I made a decent amount of money with the third one. So I was basically, I broke even with Firehouse Racing. And that's that. So prong number two of my plan, now that I live here in Kentucky, is I'm going to help a well-known horse racing stable put together partnerships. Now, obviously, since I had Firehouse Racing and didn't have very much success getting partners, um, the fact that I'm working now with a known uh, entity and I can't, at this time, I can't... uh, identify the entity because the big quote-unquote reveal hasn't happened yet but um, I'm working with somebody who has owned many horses before who owns horses currently and who has had a horse in the Breeders' Cup the last two years so what we're going to do together and I'm going to be the director of partnerships is I'm going to put together new partnerships um, for people who want to become owners of a horse but they don't want to spend as much money so let's say we're going to buy a horse for eighty thousand dollars if you want to be a horse owner and you don't have $80,000, but maybe you want to spend five, my job is to get all the people together to come up with $80,000, and we'll all do it together. So that's that. So that's that's plan number two. Anything anything you want to talk about that, Pete? No, I just was going to add that you and I have already talked about that off air. I'm not going to get into specific, specifics about that, but definitely keep me in mind for that partnership. Oh, for for sure, uh, I will definitely I'll definitely hit you up and uh, Dana keep the uh, keep keep a couple uh, thousand dollars earmarked in the bank there so we can uh, get together on a uh, partnership. Absolutely. All right, sounds good. So that's that's prong number two of the three prong plan. The third one, uh, I can say that today I had a meeting in Louisville, Kentucky, with a group that's putting together a. Um, it's going to be an exclusive membership. A members only club in downtown Louisville, Kentucky, and I don't have a definite, uh, I guess, job description or a title or anything like that, but I'm going to do something with the Louisville Thoroughbred Society, and they're looking to open that up sometime in the summer or early fall of next year. Basically, it's going to be a restaurant, two, two bars, uh, like a bourbon bar, a um, uh, a brewery bar, and it's going to have betting. You're going to be able to bet on horse racing at the place. So you're going to be able to come inside, sit down, have a nice bourbon, have a couple beers, get something to eat, watch horse racing, and they're also going to have the largest humidor in the state of Kentucky, and they're going to have an outside smoking bar. It's going to be a cigar bar. So that's going to be all the things that you can do at the Louisville Thoroughbred Society, and uh, I'm knock on wood going to be a part of that. So that's it for, for me as far as the uh, three, three-pronged plan to get out of Michigan, stop being a fireman, and move to Kentucky and work in the horse racing industry. Gotcha. Dana, I mean, do you have any comments about all of that, the three-pronged plan from Brian? That's a, that's a pretty ambitious plan, but uh, I, I will say I, I want to thank Ryan for the kind words, and uh, I, I, good luck on all those adventures. I hope, I hope everything works out for you, man. Thanks. I, I appreciate it. All right, boys. Well, I definitely uh, definitely appreciate both of you guys helping me out, as always, on the uh, Whippin' Nene podcast. But sadly, uh, 
Yeah, it looks like we have come to an end, but don't fret. Ryan Dickey is a friend of ours. He will be back on occasion. And we uh, want to let Ryan, uh, did you mention, I, I, I don't think I remember you mentioning where you're, do you want to mention where you're writing for right now? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I totally, I totally skipped that. Within the Louisville, within the Louisville Thoroughbred Society is the uh, press box. And what it's going to be, it's going to be a, a glass encased um, multimedia suite. Basically, they're going to be able to do um, podcasts. They're going to be able to do live videos. They're going to be able to record videos, uh, you know, television quality videos, things like that about horse racing. And uh, that's what I'm going to be working on. And that's the reason that I'm not going to be able to do the Whip and Nene podcast is because I'm going to be doing things very similar to this for the press box. So, yeah, thanks for reminding me because that was like the biggest part of everything that I was doing. And I totally forgot about it. Yeah, absolutely, brother. <laughs> like, you know, you and I are friends. So I've been following your stuff yeah. on Twitter yeah. and I follow the press box and they followed me back. So definitely check out the press box on Twitter uh, where you can find Ryan Dickey's articles from now on uh, when he prints them out, especially on the road to the Kentucky Derby. Ryan has his prep race uh, breakdown as well coming up for that. So I, I, I think what we'll do is uh, Ryan is, uh, I, as you know, our friend. So uh, what we're going to hopefully have him do is whenever we, we release the show on Twitter, uh, just for the listeners information out there, uh, he's going to hopefully retweet the show and attach his article about what's coming up on the weekend as well. So you can not only get the Whip and Nene podcast, but you can get Ryan Dickey's Press Box article as well. All right. I think that's what we'll well, do. good luck. I hope I hope one of us uh, does well this Saturday. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, we're we're on a hot streak, man. We we really have been doing pretty well. So I I think we're I think we're going to be okay for that. I think one of us will definitely hit the board uh, for Saturday, but. Uh, Definitely appreciate it, Ryan, and you take care of yourself, and we will definitely, you know, be talking as, you know, down the road soon, my friend. Do I get to say that you can lead a horse to water, but a pencil must be Sure. Left? You can, you want, yeah, you do the outro. So I just want to really quickly remind everybody to log on to sportsradiodetroit.com, SRD, and check out the other podcasts in the area, the Out of Bounds podcast, Parsons and Slow, Fanarchy, The Set Piece, Mitten Sports Talk, Grave Discussions, The Laugh Track, Spinning the Wheels, SRD Ringside, Wings, Pistons, Lions, and Tigers, SRD. Also, don't forget to check back for more of the Whip and Nene podcast as the Triple Crown season progresses. Thank you very much to all of our listeners for listening on Ryan Dickey's final regular regular season show. I like how I said that. So don't right. forget to find me on Twitter at Son of USFL Dad. Dana, where can people find you? Uh, on Twitter at D Garuder. And Ryan. At rdickey249 um, on Twitter, also at PressBoxLTS on Twitter. And also remember what Stan Laurel said, you can lead a horse to water, but a pencil must be led. Good luck, hail and fail raw. This has been an SRD production.